Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to Help for HD Lives, the first podcast created for families living with Huntington's and juvenile Huntington's disease. Don't forget to find us on iTunes, Blog Talk, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can also search over 500 archived episodes and other projects at helpforhd.org. To watch us in person, find Help for HD TV on YouTube and subscribe and ring the bell for notifications on new content. Help for HD Live is going on air in 5, 4, 3, 2, Hello, everyone, and thanks so much for tuning in to Help for HD Live. This podcast is made possible because of a grant from Neurocrine Biosciences and the Griffin Foundation. I'm your host, Lauren Holder, and today we have Abby on with us. Um, she and I met recently at a, a conference and really hit it off on an HD conference, and um, I wanted her to come on and share her story and um, basically how she's dealing with HD and um, accepting HD. So, Abby, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me, Lauren, and I couldn't agree more. It was really kind of two peas in a pod when we met at that meeting, so I'm very grateful that our paths crossed. Me too, me too. I, you know, we've had conversation, and it's just been um, really nice to have somebody else to talk to who gets it. So I love our conversations. Um, so I'm going to have you start with kind of telling uh, your story and, and you know, how HD affects you. All right. So um, the first time I heard about HD, Huntington's uh, disease, was in the fall of 2006. Um, I was working in a lab in Texas at that point, and I got a call from my mother who was frantically crying and upset, and she says, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, your father was just diagnosed with Huntington's chorea, and you have a 50% chance of having it. And she just could not be calmed down, and at that point, I had not heard about it at all, and... I really had no idea what I was actually looking at. And at the same time, like I have been trying to be different from my father because he was not a nice person, to put it lightly. So, And I have not been like him. So I was like, whatever it is, I probably don't have it. Um, and my mom and I were talking and she was so upset. And I just remember telling her that um, even if I have it, I would never trade the time that we did have together before we know if I have it or not for anything because we have had such a cool life together and yeah so I had that knowledge and then I kind of sat with it for a while and didn't really do anything um I think the next hit kind of came uh, when my husband and I got married um, a little while after that and it came time to discuss like do we want to have children do we not want to have children and I kind of sort of played with the idea of getting tested, but then decided not to because I wasn't sure do all of the things that I want to do. And in hindsight, I'm glad that I did not get tested at that point. So we lived our lives. We had a good time and had a son in 2009 um, and then a daughter in 2012. And just to have essentially just a really, really nice family. We have each other's backs. We just are just a really, really good family I will say that um, the problem then arose Huntington's came back in uh, 
2019, in the summer, early fall, then my husband pulled me aside and said, I think you need to get tested. And I was really kind of annoyed, really, really upset at for a moment there because, A, I was already kind of way into the target range where you show your symptoms, but just normally between 30 and 40, I did not have any of the movement issues. I didn't show any of the other symptoms. And it just really, 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 I'm going to just say the word, it really pissed me off because, because I don't have it. Again, I had spent three decades not being like my father, and surely the universe would not hand me the diagnosis of Huntington's because that would essentially throw all of those 30 years down the drain, all of the extra purposeful effort into having a good life. Anyway, but he said that he had noticed at night me having some rapid leg movements that were just really out of control and that had him worried, and so I needed to go ahead and get it tested. And I was thinking, fine, I will take one for the team, and I will just get tested, and we'll have this all over with, and it will never be talked of again. So we did not want to worry our children at that point, so I um, called one of my dearest friends, um, to see if she would go with me to Nashville. Various reasons led us to Nashville, and I'm very glad that it did. So sometime in the in September of 2019, um, my best friend and I flew to Nashville, and we did the counseling, and we sat down and the pros and cons and all of that. And again, I would have bet you $100 million that I'm fine, Nothing's wrong, but then when they actually were collecting um, the blood for the genetic test, I um, got really emotional and upset because I felt like that was essentially the you can't turn back point because um, you now were going down that path. Again, very glad to have my friend there to hold my hand and tell me it's going to be okay. Three weeks later, um, my husband and I, flew out to Nashville to get the results. And by that time, I still would have bet you a lot of money that we're fine and we had dinner plan and everything. And we were sitting down um, with the team from um, Vanderbilt and they were about to give me the results and husband was with me. And yeah, I would have lost hundred million dollars at that point because I was seen positive with a repeat of 41 which was an extra bummer because my father had only had 38 so in addition to having the blow of having inherited the gene in the first place I got a little bit of extra to go along with it which I understand is normal but it did not help in that um, situation um I was really, really, really devastated because I did not want to have any part of that. I did not want to become like that. Um, my father had really bad behavioral issues. He had really, really bad anger problems. And I was really worried about how my um, children were going to take it because they had seen my father, even though they had not experienced the violence per se. Um, they knew 
that he had the disease in a later stage. And so they would obviously be worried about what that meant for them and for me as a mom to them. And we also had to decide, are we going to tell them? Are we not going to tell them? And initially we were thinking about waiting for a little bit, but then we are not really good about keeping secrets. And I feel like dealing openly with Huntington since it wasn't a complete surprise, since they knew I had a chance to have it, um, that it would be better to tell them. And um, so we did. My son at that point was 10 and my daughter was um, 7. So it was rough, cause that, but at the same time, it was good to be out in the open. Um, my son essentially used the words, he much rather have a hard truth than a placating lie which is sobering but true. And since then, we've essentially done all of the things. If, that we've done the enroll studies. We have tried to do all of the things that we can do to stay as healthy as possible, as long as possible. And that was until, I will say, probably, uh, not probably, but definitely until October 2022, when Lisa suggested I come to the educational day um, in Nashville. And so up to that point, um, I had spent three years or so getting to terms with it. I feel since I've been pre-symptomatic, I have been living in a little bubble. Um, And again, I only, I'm doing that in air quotes, um, have 41 repeats. And since you can have upwards of 100, I felt pretty safe without, again, you do all of the right things, you check the right boxes, you eat reasonably well, you exercise, you keep your mind engaged, you have your network of friends, and then obviously things were going to be okay. So time rolls around for the meeting in um, Nashville, which is where you and I met. And um, I got there a little early. I had lunch at the um, hotel where the meeting was supposed to be. And I was sitting down next to a couple that where the husband definitely was showing symptoms of Huntington's. And I was sitting next to them and just making conversation. And as one does, apparently at these meetings, the repeat number is a calling card. So how many do you have? I have that many. And so I'm like walking in with my 41 where I thought I was going to be safe. And the guy next to me had 42, which was sobering. And then throughout the weekend, running into families, running into people just like us, you could see again, you had marathon runners, also in the 40s, that had were symptomatic. You had people that had professional careers, they had to give up, symptomatic. And really, it was sobering and almost like a second diagnosis that just crushed my spirit to accept the fact that I could essentially get that chip off my shoulder and accept the fact that I was in fact um, suffering from Huntington's and it was really rough and I will say that probably for the entire month of October um, I was 
severely depressed. I really didn't want to do anything. And I will say that I'm extremely grateful for my husband and my circle of friends, um, including some of the friends that I made in Nashville um, that are in the same boat as me to um, come to terms with what that means now. Because accepting that um, and knowing that no matter what you do, you're still going to get it, even though you don't know which of the three arms um, parked in more movement-oriented or more cognitively-oriented. You just don't know what your lot is in this disease, which makes it super scary to essentially get up every morning because you don't know, um, is this going to be the day that starts? Is this And just... Every time you drop something, you are convinced that this is the time that you're charting issues, despite the fact that everybody drops something or you trip over something or anything like that. It's just massive panic that this could be um, essentially the beginning of the end. And um, so that's kind of hard to sit with a little bit. Um, but I also feel like, coming to that meeting was an important good per- turning point because I met more people like me. Um, you specifically have given me the courage to come out, so to speak, to people that we interact with um, on our terms rather than doing it on a defensive basis um, and also being more open to friends because they have so much to offer and on this journey that otherwise I would have never in a million years expected. So from that perspective, it's really encouraging. So it's this really weird limbo of a crushed soul with a really grateful heart, if that makes sense. Um, Yeah, Mm -hmm. so currently um, I'm trying to figure out what I want to do with that new knowledge and with that new authenticity, if you want to call it that, because I want to be a little bit more of an advocate, especially in light of my children being at risk. And of my background, I feel I have something to offer. So, again, trying to see where that new, that new I don't know what you want to call it, self lies. I'm still trying to figure it out. But it's been really nice to have people in the same boat that you can actually talk to because again I have a lot of friends who are super super supportive but unless you sit in this boat you have no reference and you can tell me that oh it's not going to be that bad it is going to be that bad and that's okay so accepting the fact that it's okay to not be okay has been a really big deal and also asking people to just be with you rather than make it necessarily better to just walk this journey with you and being honest about that there is no cure and being honest about the all of the components that are involved with it has been a really big has been a really big um journey I will say. And also um also want to mention another friend that I met while I was in Nashville who has been this really, really bright light. Um she has way more repeats than I do. And she still, every day she gets up, every day is a gift, and she refuses to um, be beaten by the disease. So, again, rather than, and she would be in a perfect position to crumble up and lay down and just be done with things. But she gets up every day and makes the best of every day. 
And that's been a gift, like having a friend like that. So, yeah, I think that's where I'm at. Do you have any other questions or comments? Well, I um, first off, I'm so grateful that you shared your story. I know it's a hard thing to do, uh, especially when this is still fairly new as far as this knowledge of, of it being right there, right? Like it's not yeah. something that um, – it's far away now it is it is something no. that's right here present with us and um that's that's a hard thing and the other thing i want to say is just um i i totally enjoy our conversations and enjoy spending time with you um you know i'm so glad that we met and um i hope that you do find the benefit of you know of being part of the HG community and there's so many good people who really have wonderful tips and tricks and it's all about being proactive. And, um, so even though during those scary times, cause it, you're right, it's a daily thing to have to get up and be like, okay, today I'm going to face this day. We're going to do this. Um, and some days you're just not okay. Um, yeah. and it's okay to not be okay. So that was such a perfect thing to say. Um, you know, and I, I'm glad you realized that. And it's also um, one of the things that how much is out of your control and being okay with that because I'm so much of a type A person. Mm-hmm. So accepting the yeah. fact that I need to accept help from friends and all of that has actually been really good because I feel like it has strengthened friendships because they know more about the disease now. And are a lot more proactive about offering help if I need it. So even if I'm pre-symptomatic now, you still have days that just getting out of bed is nearly impossible. So having that friend that then will pick up the kids from school or just do something with them after school, it's a really big help. And Or just a friend that will like threaten to pick you up from your house to go to work out because you know how good working out for you is, but you just cannot get yourself out of bed. So just mm-hmm. having your tribe that knows knows you well enough so when you need to be pushed versus when you need to be left alone, it's just been amazing. That's really good. I'm glad that you you have that support. Um, now, with your, with your dad, did you see, um, I know you said he had a lot of the behavioral symptoms, but did you deal with movements a lot or, or see that part as much? I know you guys lived, lived fairly separate, so. Um, so... I actually remember him having these weird jerky movements probably as long as I can remember. But nobody really thought anything of it. It's probably more like of a pointing fingers at him and making kind of fun of it. Um, but um, so, but then also before that got really bad, his um, behavioral side, that volatile, really angry, hateful, vicious side was essentially a constant but whether you can attribute that to hunting things or not especially with such a low repeat i'm not sure um but he also didn't do anything to make it better or to delay onset so he did not read he did not have a really big circle of friends he refused any sort of physical therapy and so it was just it's just a totally different scenario and he was fortunate enough actually to um, have access to a nursing facility that specializes in Huntington's. There were only two in the country at that time uh, for where I'm from. So 
being given that golden ticket and not taking advantage of it is just something that I found very upsetting, I guess. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, we we know that the more accepting you are of, an, of a disease, um, the easier it makes it, uh, you know, because when you are in denial and you're refusing to get help for symptoms, like that doesn't help anybody. So um, no. I'm terribly sorry that you went through that. It's okay because now you know what not to do, so which is exactly the opposite. So, you know, it's all good. It's a lesson in itself, I guess. But then also knowing that not that, that no two diseases are the same or no two people are the same, I feel it's a really comforting thing too because having to live with the fact that I would genetically be like that I think would be very taxing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I am so grateful to you for coming on and sharing your story with us. Um, and I hope that we can get together again soon and um, be able to kind of just vent and, and deal with HD. I always call it my new normal um, as new things yeah. come up. So we will deal with our new normal. That's right. And we'll have a good time, and I cannot wait to get back together. Yeah, me too. Thank you again. And for those listening, thanks for listening today. Make sure that you tune in next week for our Love in HD show in honor of Valentine's Day coming up. And until next time, guys, take care and love ya. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to visit www.help4hd.org and sign up for our email newsletter to stay up to date on all that is going on at Help for HD. Get social with us and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and subscribe to Help for HD TV on YouTube and ring the bell for notifications.